Hello, hello, and welcome to the Chapin Baptist podcast called The Associates. This is our very first inaugural episode of this podcast, and I'm here with Matt Presley, our worship pastor. I'm Kyle Hunsinger. I am the student pastor. And we're here today to just kind of give you a little bit of perspective of why we're here, why we're doing this podcast, but then also to kind of give you a heads up of what things will look like going forward with this podcast. Um, Matt, just want to go ahead and say thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And so really the whole meaning of this podcast is going to be a resource for the life of our church so that they can grow further in their relationship with God. But then also for us to kind of take that next step of we listen to the sermon on Sunday mm-hmm. and then really going through deeper on the fact of we're going to go through some of the response, maybe for the practical application for individuals in the church, that sort of thing. Um, Matt, do you have any response of some things that you may want to also include, maybe some reasons why, you know, that you also want to be a part of this podcast? Yeah, I think um, with the sermon, uh, taking taking the sermon into further consideration, you know, Checking out further application, further response. Yeah. Uh, but also maybe even digging a little bit deeper theologically. You know, Michael spends a ton of time prepping, and it's kind of like that iceberg. Right. You see, you know, 80 to 90% of an iceberg's underwater, and that's all his prep work. And we usually see 10 to 20% of the top, and uh, he, he does a ton of prep work and mm-hmm. has a lot of things that he can't always bring out in the sermon uh, for various reasons. But, you know, right, he just right. uses time as... A chance to maybe dig a little bit deeper theologically and into some other doctrines that may be uh, in the sermon text for the week. Absolutely, yes. So again, and this is another thing. This is for our church members. We want this to be an opportunity for you to dig deeper in your faith. And maybe you're in your car or you're at the workplace and you have your headphones in and you want to get a little extra time in the Word. This is to help you propel you more into. Um, your quiet time and and other parts where we want you to grow spiritually because of this. Um, but if you're not a member of Chapin Baptist, we are glad that you're here and that you're also getting to listen in and see what we're about, what our mission is, and also to you know learn more about our church. And maybe if you're not a Christian, maybe you're listening and you you say I, I don't believe in this, but I heard about this podcast through one of my friends. Uh, this would be a great opportunity where, you know, we wouldn't say thank you for joining in, but also we want you to hear the good news of Jesus as we talk about mm-hmm. some of these deeper topics. So let's go ahead and get started digging in. So we went through Second Tim or First Timothy 2, 1 through 7. We've been walking through the book of First Timothy. And there's some really, really deep things in this passage. Tough challenges. And and wait till we get into the one for next week. That's <laughs> going to be even more interesting. I'm, I'm really interested to see where Michael's going to go with that one. But in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7, Michael basically outlined a couple of different things that um, are questions that we need to consider. And what I thought, it was very timely too. One, we got to talk about praying for leaders. Mm-hmm. and Man, what a year <laughs> to talk about praying for leaders because we're in an election year. Yes. And that has a whole bag of worms you have to go through. 
as you're praying, and especially in a corporate prayer where you're you're telling people, okay, we're going to pray for all of our leaders, even though you got people that don't necessarily agree, you know, or maybe they do agree, you just don't know. Um, but that's kind of one of the questions. So we first want to tackle this bigger, you know, question in that realm of questions that Michael was talking about is he brought up the question of, do I pray for people God tells me to pray for? Mm. I thought that was a really good question because, number one, we're taught to pray. But, you know, it goes through all things of supplication, thanksgiving, all that. But a lot of times we don't pray specifically mm-hmm. for those certain people that are encountering, uh, one being those who are suffering, spiritual leaders, different people like that. Um, Matt, why do you think it's so important to pray over these specific people? And why is it important for our own spiritual growth? Why would you say, you know, why that'd be important? I kind of get the um, image in my mind of when you pray generally, especially with this text, when you may be praying generally over leadership that you might disagree with it. Yeah. It's pretty easy to say a general prayer with your teeth clenched, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you specifically, like Michael brought out, um, especially with leadership, calling them by name, mm. man, that gets a little tough. Uh, what if you don't agree with this person that you're praying for? Yeah. Um, and, and you all of a sudden, you got to open your mouth and say their name. Mm. It gets kind of tough, um, but we're commanded to do so. I think yeah. the scriptures are clear in this text, you know, um, and he brought out, I thought it was awesome, he brought this out, that the ruler at that point in time would have been Nero, yeah. um, who is far worse than any anybody that we have in leadership at this moment. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, we're talking about uh, sacrificing Christians lighting them on fire, using them as candles while they eat. So, I mean, we don't have anywhere near that bad. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, sometimes it's just kind of tough for us to specifically call out a name of a leader right. uh, and pray. But I think further, and Michael did a great job at this. He, um, at the end, he he made a, a prayer for the salvation mm-hmm. of our leadership, um, you know, national to our local leadership. <clears throat> and I think that's um, that's really the core of it. Right. You know, whether or not you agree with a decision that a leader makes, I think your chief concern as a believer ought to be for that person's salvation. Right. You know, you're you're concerned for their soul rather than the fact that you disagree with them. Right. Um, And I think that's a a further (laughs) challenge for all of us to think like, well, wait a minute, what what do I really believe here? Mm -hmm. Uh, Am I really being obedient to what the text tells me? And what's my real concern? Is it the fact that I don't agree with this person or am I really concerned for their salvation? My concern mm. with, you know, whether or not this person's going to be in eternity with the Lord. Um, and if that's not our chief concern, I think we need to back up and take a better look at ourselves. Mm. And then maybe we have some repenting to do. Right. Um, and then, you know, pray for those leaders by name uh, specifically for men. I mean, number one need in their life. I'll say it again, salvation. Like pray yeah. for them for that way, um, and then maybe the Lord leads you in a more specific way to pray for that person. Do you think it's easier? And this is just a thought I had randomly. You know, Paul persecuted Christians. Mm-hmm. He got saved, mm-hmm. met Jesus face to face, got saved, and really thinking about this, you know, he thought of himself as the chief of sinners. He was a mm-hmm. a, a leader. 
but yet he wasn't following the Lord. And he's an example of someone that was a leader. Yeah. Maybe not political in the sense that we're talking about, but he was a leader and he came to salvation. And so I, I begin to wonder even like if he even has that thought in mind of thinking, man, like we need to pray about this, but also to remember like, remember God saved you. God saved you, and you know maybe you know you're not in a political office or whatnot. Remember, God saved you. He saved you from your sin, and God is willing to save even the most lost person that we could ever think about, or anybody that we would say is deemed yeah. far away from God. And that's good news for us. That's and that's good news for us. And when we pray that, we can pray that God will save it, and He can do it. And so that's the great part about that as well. Yeah, I'll say um, specifically too, because there is some there's political overtone to this right. the first couple of verses. I'll say that um, evangelism knows no political bounds. Evangelism is not concerned with um, whether somebody is you know a Republican, a Democrat, um, independent, whatnot. Evangelism, the gospel, when we're spreading the gospel, spreading the good news, the gospel is is a good news for all, um, which we'll get into here in a minute uh, later on in the text. But I think that's another another thing we need to ask ourselves, you know, do we really believe it's for everyone or are we just mm-hmm. so comfortable um, in the gospel that, you know, we've been saved, so therefore we're good. Right. Well, that's, that's not where the gospel stops. I mean, the gospel doesn't end, certainly. But, you know, we're called after we're saved to go preach the good news to others. Right. That's awesome. Another thing to keep in mind is um, another one I was actually studying with a student today, Thomas Chapman. Shout out to Thomas Chapman. He he was a great student, great study of the word. Uh, we were reading Ephesians 1, and, and Paul talks about praying mm-hmm. for other believers, mm-hmm. that they may know the hope of you know the salvation that they have, that they would continue to grow in that. And then that they would continue so that they would receive that inheritance at the end, the inheritance of eternity, mm-hmm. uh, of being with the Lord. Um, I think it's also very key that we're just, we're in the mindset of praying for our spiritual leaders. That's easy for us to say because, you yeah. know, we're the pastors. <laughs> and so pray for the, pray for the pastors because, you know, we have it. such a hard job. You know, but in all seriousness, you know, I think it is important for us to also keep that in mind. Paul made that very clear in scripture too, where, you know, he said, hey, Please be praying for me as as I go and take this task of spreading the gospel as well. well I think there's some some humility there when uh, pastors do recognize to their people the need for prayer, right? Because um, certainly we don't do everything perfectly, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. We we need as much help as we can get. Um, yes, and I think you know certainly to have um, the church praying for you that means a lot to me. I mean, I think it's been a lot to yes. you and certainly to Michael too. Um, so I, I think it's it's kind of a, I think pastors should look at it as a, a humble thing to do, mm-hmm. to, to say like, no, I need your prayer because I I need I need help. Yeah, uh, and that's that's a good thing. That's a, a right proper thing to do. Absolutely, it's great. Um, so keep that in mind as you're as you're thinking through, even you know November is going to come up soon, mm-hmm. and w- and we have to think through. You know, whether you vote or not, you still need to be in the mindset of prayer of no matter who the person votes for is, okay, how are we going to pray and lovingly pray 
for our leaders and our political leaders. Well, even even praying for those who, you know, I don't want to go too far this direction, but even yeah. those who would vote differently than us, mm-hmm. um, realizing that they are still Imago Dei, mm-hmm. they're created. So. Yes, absolutely. No, that's that's good stuff. And be reminded, you know, a lot of times there there may be some people listening to this podcast, or you know, and I've even had this mindset before of like, well, this person does this wrong, and that, and I've done, and and I don't agree with them because of this, which. There may be some things that they support that you don't agree with that mm-hmm. are against what Scripture mm-hmm. says, but it still takes that mindset of what Jesus talks about in Matthew 5 when he talks about praying for your even your enemies, people you mm-hmm. would consider to be your enemies on the opposite party line. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what party line you're supporting, you know, be in remembrance that, you know, we, our ultimate goal is not siding someone to a political side it is that we want to herald that good news yeah so that they may come to faith which leads into my next thing where you know michael had to really kind of navigate the whole you know the whole thing about god's will and how god desires all to be saved and yeah, before, you, before you get yeah into go that, ahead i just realized i didn't really finish i said imago dei and just let it hang um there might be some people listening that don't know what that phrase is. It's um, just in in the image of God. Like uh, yes. we're created in the image of God, uh, so we need to have that uh, consideration and respect for all people, uh, especially when we're praying for them. Yes. So, go ahead. No, that's great. I love it. Um, so this is what it says in in First uh, Timothy two four, uh, or actually let's go to verse three. It says, "This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior." Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge Mm. of the truth? Now, you know, some people have taken this so far and have said, well, God desires everyone to be saved, so everyone will be saved. That's called universalism. Yeah, functional universalism. Yes. Or you can read this and maybe... Maybe you've been not been a believer for long, or maybe you're a younger Christian and you read this, and this is really like blowing your mind because you know through reading scripture that Jesus promises that, hey, the gate is wide, mm-hmm. you know, for those who enter destruction, but those mm-hmm. who enter the narrow way, very few find it. Yeah. So that lends the it lends the you know the comment of not everyone is going to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. In fact, it kind of even lends the point that many many are going to die and go to hell if they don't repent and trust in Jesus. So what do we do with this? You know, what do we, what do, we do with this when we're explaining yeah. this to people? And I even know from a student perspective, it's really tough to explain. I think, first of all, we, we have to preach the gospel in its entirety and mm. in, its, um, in its truth, and, and that is one way to do that is stop preaching um, a gospel of morality. Mm. Like you can be good enough because um, you can't. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. You, know, you, you don't, you can't do enough good things or abstain for enough from enough things in order to, to be holy enough for God to save you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah talks about, you know, all of our righteous deeds are like rags before God, mm-hmm. filthy rags before God. Um, so, you know, the, the truth of the gospel is, um, Going off Isaiah, you know, we bring our filthy rags and he gives us his righteous garments. You know, that's that's the, the glorious truth is that we can't do anything. 
Um, so when we are clothed uh, in Christ's righteousness, we only we only receive that when we receive the gospel. And the gospel is, you know, all have fallen short mm. of, the, of the glory of God. We've sinned and fallen short. Um, you know, we need the record of another. Right. Um, and then it's also, you know, going to Romans 10, it's, it's confessing and believing. It's right. the agreeing between the heart and the head. Uh, it's, it's knowing that, yes, Christ died for our sin, confessing that he is Lord, but then also believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Right. Um, and then it says what? For with the heart one believes and is justified or, or uh, made righteous, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You go through Romans. There's nothing in Romans, what they call the Roman road, mm -hmm. uh, that would even suggest that salvation is on us. Mm. Like it, it's, it's all, no, it's because of what he did. Right. So I think we have to preach the gospel um, in its truth, and we have to rely on the truth of the gospel. We have to, I mean, when Romans uh, ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Right. Well, we need to preach the gospel through scripture. And when we preach the gospel through scripture, there, there are no good deeds that you can do to be saved. Amen. You do those good deeds yeah. after you're saved. Mm. It's faith with works, as James would say. There you go. Reach. I love it. <laughs> um, another thing that, you know, concerning this verse that, you know, my wife, Kaylee and I, we were talking <sighs> about this verse and we were talking about uh, the sovereignty of God and human responsibility and mm. that tension that you, you know, because that can be really tough. And and we were just talking through that and we had a very in-depth conversation. You ever, you ever talk to someone and you're not, you're not mad at each other. Now you, I mean, I'm sure you've been in experiences where you're having a conversation <laughs> with the Bible and it's like, well, I'm, I yeah. remember in college getting into theological, you know, battles and whatnot and be like, no, this is the right way, you know. Or when you're trying to calmly state like your point. Yes. And somebody's just not listening. Exactly. Like, no, you're going. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> but just give it a rest for a second. Yeah. Oh, man. So. But, not that Kaylee was doing that at all. No, Kaylee was, was not, not doing that. Not. No. Uh, uh, she might have slapped me a couple times, but no, that no, no, she was not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kaylee's awesome. She, uh, no, we were just, in all seriousness, we were just talking about just kind of that tension of, okay, God saves some, or, or better yet, let's put it this way. Mm -hmm. We were talking about like uh, person sinning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if God doesn't want us to sin, why are we like? Why do people sin? Why are why is this there? And I I don't always like using this term, but why is this there? This freedom or allowance for us to continue sinning, uh, which we know we should not as Christians. Mm -hmm. But why is that so? If God says, "Oh, we we don't want to continue in the sin," He doesn't desire that for us. There can be a little tension there for some people when they hear that. Um, you know, so I, I think. One thing that we had talked about was the 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 dual or that two uh, the two wills of God that He has a moral will in that He gives us commands mm -hmm. in Scripture like do not lie or do yeah. not bear false witness, but we're going to have you know opportunity or moments where we're not going to tell the full truth or people are going to tell a lie. 
Okay, so what do we do with that? And I think it's a big question you have to really look into. So there's the moral will of God, but then you have the decreed will of God where he has said, this is going to happen. I've said it and I've ordained for it. Mm-hmm. And that can include the good and the bad in that. Yeah. So I think it's it's a healthy tension we have to live in through scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that as, as we kind of dig into that a little bit deeper? Um, a lot. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a long conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, I would call it um, the perfect and permissible will of God, if I yeah. can. Um, and there's a book out, out there by, um, oh gosh, Chosen But Free. Uh, who's the author? Wayne. Wayne Grudem? Wayne Grudem. I yeah. Think, I think Grudem wrote that book. Okay. Um, and, and the main point, really, if I remember correctly, is that you know, if you want to say you have like a free will to do whatever you want, mm-hmm. yeah, you do. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, but that doesn't mean you're absent of responsibility for it, which means, you know, I mean, for the wages of sin is what? Yeah. Right. But the free gift is what? Eternal it's, life. It's eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think when we talk about that, that battle of still doing, you know, I, I think of Paul and he talks about the outer man, the inner man. Uh, I think of the Chinese preacher, uh, philosopher, Watchman Nee, who talked about the outer and the inner man kind of going off of what Paul wrote. Um, yeah. And there's that, the main point being there's that battle between flesh and spirit. Mm. Um, so there's, there's that layer to it when we talk about um, the, the free will of man, but, right. but, there is the divine or the perfect will, the divine decreed will of God where, you know, this is where people want to get into the talk about predestination and double predestination. And, you know, well, you know, does God know who he's going to save? Does, does God know who's not, who he's not going to save? Is he going to save some and just not save right. others? Well, um, I think there is a great divine mystery and I'm not trying to cop out with that. I mean, there is. Yeah. You're talking about the infinite God who has mm. made his decree from eternity. Uh, there's a great book uh, by Robert Shank. I think it's uh, Elect in the Sun. And if I remember correctly, the, the main thrust of the book is that, you know, believers find their election in the election of Christ. Mm. You know, Jesus is the lamb slain when from the foundation of the world. Right. He is the plan from the beginning. I mean, Genesis 3.15, we see that he is the Messiah, is prophesied, and he's going to come, and he's going to, you know, crush evil. Yes. Um, and there's there's that side of it. So I think some people want to get um, get into the election and predestination conversation. And, you know, some days I'm not sure it's one we really even need to dig that deep into because I don't, I don't think we really understand it. And I right. don't know that we will understand it this side of eternity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I will say, um, like when he says, he, you know, God desires that all men be saved. I mean, certainly uh, Michael did a great job of translating that. You know, he is willing for all men. Well, certainly. Why, why would he not give us the gospel then? Mm. Um, but again, I'll, I'll, I'll draw this line of saying that if, if you're going to be saved, you got to rely on Jesus. Yeah, because what does it say after that? It says there is one God. <laughs> one mediator. One mediator. So yeah. so it gives the wide open, inclusive, and what I mean by that is that there, the mission is all can respond to this yeah. message, yeah. but it's a specific message. 
it's an exclusive message. <clears throat> and so, you know, it's not that, well, you know, you can believe this and I can believe that and they can believe that, but we're all going to arrive in the same point. I think, I think I called it in a sermon one time, I think I called it the exclusive inclusivity of the gospel. Where it's like, or I might have said like the inclusive exclusivity. I don't, it's one of those two, but yeah. Uh, the main point, um, well, being on the doctrinal point, um, limited atonement, and some people don't like that terminology, but I'll, I'll define it this way. Yeah. Um, is that the atonement of Christ is sufficient in scope, mm. it can cover all sin. Right. But it is limited in its efficiency, meaning, it only truly covers those who have placed their faith in Jesus. Right. Which shoots universalism out of the air. Mm. Right. I mean, it really takes it, it puts the, the power and the responsibility and, and, you know, the, uh, the sacrificial atonement, like all that on Christ. Yeah. So right off the, right out of that, you've got, you know, it's, it's sufficient. Yeah. You know, Jesus can save everyone, Mm. but if you don't repent, if you don't hear the gospel, if you don't say, all right, yeah, I, I am, I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness and I need to turn from what, how I've been living. If you're not going to do any of that, you're not saved. Right. So it's, it's one thing to know the gospel and to be able to recite it. It's another thing to have that, that heart and head agree and to be saved. The other thing I was going to mention, and all of that is good. The other part I was going to say is, and I read this in the Christ-Centered Exposition Commentary mm-hmm. with um, Danny Aiken, uh, or Dr. Danny Aiken, as I Dr. want to say. Daniel Dr. Danny Aiken. Love that man. Um, and David Platt and Tony Morita. Yep. He brought in there, and I've, I've read this from several commentators, God does not want us to murder people, obviously. Okay, right. so right. that's not a good thing to do. All right, so let's go ahead and get that out of the way. But yet, in God's ordained plan, Jesus went to the cross. So again, do we understand the whole mystery of that? No, but it was planned, like you said, before the foundation of the the earth for that to take place for salvation. So you're always going to find those tensions. And that's what, when Kaylee and I were talking about it, and this is what I always tell students all the time. One of my students, my previous students, Evan Bailey, um, he always, he always couldn't stand what I'd say this. I'd shout say, shout out Evan, shout out to Evan we Bailey. Love you. We, we love, love you, man. You, but we would all, I'd always say, listen, you got to wrestle in the tension. Like there's going to yeah. be some tensions. You're just going to wrestle. And he'd be like, Oh, like, come on. And, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the whole point. But what that does yeah. is if there was an intention, then we get this, you know, haughty head of saying, Oh, well, I know about I this and out. I've got this figured out when we don't. Yeah. Um, what I'll just do to wrap this up, because we only have a you know a couple more minutes to spare, and um, I just want to also tackle that last part, and we'll touch this really mm-hmm. quickly. Paul has a very clear statement of he has a gospel call, mm-hmm. and he has a calling. Mm-hmm. For those who are listening to this, and they're going about, maybe they're riding in their car, they're getting ready to go to work, mm-hmm. uh, whatever they're doing. Um, you know, we're recording this on Monday, but maybe Tuesday morning they're waking up and they're starting the day. They're going out, they're praying. Mm-hmm. How do we instruct our members to abide to that um, that calling that they have received to serve in the local church, but also serve outside of that while also remembering their gospel call that they've been saved? Yeah, I think um, 
to summarize Paul from Ephesians 4, I think I'm getting that address right. Um, he, he urges the believers in the Ephesian church, which is the church that Timothy, I mean, is at with this letter, right. uh, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of the gospel. Right. So uh, I think having that on your mind, you know, when you wake up, all right, how, how can I walk in a manner worthy of the calling of the gospel? Uh, well, in this text, that, that walking worthy is praying. Right, you have a calling number one as a believer to uh, spread the gospel. Uh, here, you have a calling as a believer to pray for all people. Pray what for them? Well, chiefly, let's start off with their salvation. Mm. Hey, maybe you have a friend at work. Call them by name while you're praying to the Lord and say, "Hey, that's good. Can you use me, Lord? You can use me. Not can you? God can. You know, use yeah. me, Lord, to to share the gospel with this person. Holy Spirit, give me boldness. Right." Um, give me the confidence uh, to clearly articulate the gospel with this person. Um, and then, you know, furthermore, when you, you go to the leaders, right, just pray for people by name, pray for, we said it earlier, pray for their salvation, pray for uh, them to be led by the wisdom of God in decisions that they make, uh, pray for their compassion for people, you know, pray for uh, their heart above all. And um, yeah, that's just some, some ways I got to start with. Well, that's good. Well, we're going to go ahead and end this right here. Um, thank you for coming to this, uh, the Chapin or the Chapin Baptist podcast with the associates. We hope that you had a splendid time. Uh, if you want to contact us, contact us at www.chapinbaptist.com to look at more information about our church, or you can look onto um, uh, any part of our webpage for more information. We will see you later on the Chapin Baptist.